Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me this week is my good friend and guest on the show, Deacon Jeff Drzemski. I'm so excited to be here. That's right. Yeah. I know. I, I, somebody said Victor was hogtied in your car out back. I don't. Yes, know. <laughs> exactly right, because I, I have to maximize my opportunities. That's I saw this as an opportunity. <laughs> I can finally get ahead in the world if I could just show up on John's show one more time. Yeah. That's just what, one more time. One of my kids said, Daddy, that deacon's out front shoving <laughs> Mr. Victor into his truck. Yep, but I'm here. It worked, <laughs> but we got we to gotta kind of get going. That's because, right, because it's, it's hot outside. Yeah, it's we hot don't want him to die yeah, or anything. We, so. we, we do love Victor. <laughs> that's so. right. No, Victor could be here today and you were so kind to step in i was helping you move the catholic cafe to a new location we're excited about that uh you know new up-and-coming studio and expanding what we're going to be doing so i'm looking forward to that uh that's gonna be cool thank you for uh lending me your truck oh no problem you were everybody's friend when you have a pickup that's truck. right suddenly <laughs> right. Even relatives. You be. <laughs> yeah. i got this washer and dryer at lowe's can you you know yeah save it, 35 bucks that's yeah. right and uh it, yeah and then there, then comes the lifting part as well it's not just the well truck. You actually it's have nice the physical strapping young man you know <laughs> there you go but no we mentioned your show and i don't know that we've ever spoken about it like probably the way we should have but you have the catholic cafe it's on ew 10 radio been on for what 15 years now 15 years this is our 15th year yeah. yeah so i know it's what it's on every podcast platform you can hear it on your local stations that carry ewtn radio and then yeah, also wherever you YouTube. hear your podcasts uh ewtn has several opportunities it's on ewtn and on their broadcast on their stations but it's also on their audio on demand app which mm-hmm. is real easy to get download and uh, be able to listen to the catholic cafe that way or you can just go to catholic cap the catholic yeah. to our website and we post them there as well sure well folks check that out because it's a great show it really is I've been on it several times. That was when it was a lesser show. Uh, but. Yeah, we have some some dips in the ratings <laughs> around right. that time. But no, you just bring John on. Yeah. Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> but uh, but no, we I've been on there a bunch of times, and I thank you for that. And I mean, as, as many people know, have been listening for a while now. I wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for your I don't know your if that's prompting. True, so yeah. you know, but thank you for Me that. Me and the and, Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. But the Holy Spirit had to use somebody as a puppet, yes, and right. He used you. <laughs> happy to be that puppet. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, we're gonna. I'm just excited to have you on because we always get emails when you've been on about our conversations and people enjoy us. I enjoy having conversations with you and I think people yeah. pick up on the fact that we're friends yeah. and that we enjoy our time together. Yeah, I think and so you too. you got a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's certainly been crazy and I mean, it's men's groups and all that stuff and you know, we can take a second to just talk about that. I mean, folks, you know, every week we like to take the first part of the show and just throw some announcement out there. It's the best time we can get out in front of people and the most people that are listening and watching. So, uh, as you know, we announced a pilgrimage to Italy. Uh, it's a Eucharistic Miracles pilgrimage. We're also going to be seeing a bunch of places where saints walk, St. Saint Francis, St. Clair, oh gosh, St. Augustine, St. Peter, St. Paul, uh, St. Ignatius, St. Augustine, all of these famous folks, even Blessed Carlos Acutis. You know, we're going to get to see his, his body there. And 
So uh, we're going to be going with the local priest, Father Joe Sachs, who happened to live there for 23 years. So uh, he speaks fluent Italian. He's a great homilist and a great priest. So we're excited to have him as a spiritual director. But we're going to be going to Rome and Assisi and uh, Liciano and Laredo and Pompeii and just all of these amazing, amazing places. So if you're interested in joining us for the pilgrimage, it's about half full right now. So if you're going to join us, please go ahead and register to reserve your spot. But you can do that by going to justagallonthepew.com. Go into our events and book me page and it's right there in the middle. You'll see the flyer and you just click it, take it straight to the registration or you can look up and Google, use the Google machine as I like to call it, <laughs> the uh, Select International Travel. You can look them up and then there's a search bar at the top of their site. You can put in my name and it'll pull up the page and you'll be able to get the brochure and look at where we're going, cost all that stuff and be able to register. But we love pilgrimage. Angel will be going with us. A lot of people from Memphis and people from around the country too. So if you're interested in going and enjoying the these you know, sites of Eucharistic miracles, these great saints and good food and beauty of Italy, then join us. It'll be June the 3rd through the 14th of 2024. So plenty of time to register, plenty of time to pay payments if people want to, all of those things. But again, you can find out more by going to justaguyonthepew.com. And as Jeff alluded to, we're busy all the time going around the country starting men's groups, right? Just just starting these vibrant, life-changing uh, ministries to men. We've done six or seven leadership summits in dioceses all over the country. We've got more on the plan to move forward. Uh, and we've started over, I think, 12 groups groups this year already. And so that puts us well over 30 that we've started in the last couple of years. If you're interested in building something different and actually having a plan to launch men's ministry before you ever even come there and when we do come and do the mission and we leave, you have something there, men that are on board, men that understand it, men that are looking forward to it, that have a plan and a way to move forward. Again, folks, this isn't about starting at Just a Guy in the Pew group or having some allegiance to John Edwards and Just a Guy in the Pew. It's simply about coming in and trying to be modern-day St. Paul's, going in and starting something where there was nothing and giving tools that people lack to get something going that's going to last. So it's not about content. It's not about that. It's about giving people the tools, teaching them to fish, and then letting them go out and, most importantly, let the Holy Spirit lead in those parishes. So if you're interested in that, you can book us or look at uh, setting up a call with us by going to justagallonthepew.com. Again, the events at Book Me page. Or you can go straight to the homepage now because our entire website is all about developing men's ministry in parishes. So you can click any of those buttons that say Start a Men's Ministry, fill out the form, then schedule a call with myself or with Maggie, our event coordinator, and we will get you on the list to get to your area. So we're super excited about that, Deacon Jeff. It's just been crazy. We've been blessed. We've got a lot of parishes on the wait list and contracts with dioceses. We're working out to start building these things as a whole with them. So. Man, when you started this thing, you had a full head of hair. Yeah. I mean, it's like really a lot of stuff going on. That's you know? right. So I'm, I'm happy for you because well, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it speaks to the heart of like what you're doing is not just providing a service. Yeah. You're actually answering a call, I think, yeah. because like you talked of like parishes and, and like the men especially i think the the i think the pastors recognize this that there's something that's not being fed there's there's something that miss that's missing in most parishes in this uh this like sort of authentic kind of uh relational kind of experience especially among the men yeah in a parish it's suffering it's been suffering for quite a few years and you guys have kind of i don't know answered that call a little bit and, and are sure. helping in a, in a profound way uh, and and I think it's being more successful now just because people are realizing like, yeah, that's what's missing. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And a word we hear a lot, 
you know, when we're on these phone calls and stuff with parishes is accompaniment. They say, really, what you guys are doing is you're accompanying people. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing. I mean, it, it look, it, and I don't think it's anybody's fault, but over the years, you know, ministry has sort of just turned into this, all right, I'll come in and do something for you, and then there's a some sort of payment or something that I go on, and hopefully something happens. Or I'll make a DVD set or some sort of program, and then hopefully oh. that'll get you going. I know you, you said love the programs. Word. You said the word. <laughs> I hate programs. Yeah. Like, Jesus didn't even use programs. Right. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to make this set of DVDs, and if you just leave these in the various towns that we go through, it'll be great. Yeah. Everything will work out perfectly. Yeah, it just everybody, no. will, it'll, they'll just evangelize themselves. And yeah. look, programs have their place. I mean, you need guides to get going in things, but it, at some point, you have to like take the training wheels off, right? You just have yeah. to trust the Holy Spirit. You have to, you have to, what people are longing for is not just something else to sit down and look at for an hour about the faith. They could have done that. I mean, we have YouTube. Right. There's, you know, 10 billion hours of Catholic content on YouTube. If people wanted that, they can do that in their home. But our parishes are supposed to be these places where people can come and find relationship and find accompaniment to do this with. Like yeah. nobody wants to, to be a Christian by themselves, right? I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, we, you we want, were never in tended to be Christians by ourselves. Yeah. The whole the whole idea that we are uh, uh, that that we're we're a Christian that means we're part, part of, of Christ's body. Yeah, right. We're part of the body of Christ. So I was just hearing Father Mike Schmitz today talk about uh, that, like you can have you 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 can have a a relationship with Jesus, like a personal relationship, but you can't have a private relationship yeah. with Him. Amen. Right. And so, and that's what we're talking about. It's like we are in communion with not only Jesus. So. Yeah, he's my personal Lord and Savior, as some of our uh, separated brothers brother, yeah. and sisters would say. But he's also every. It's like I'm in a relationship with him, but also with you, yeah. and and with your wife, and with everybody else that we know. I mean, we're in a community uh, and having this communal relationship. That's what we were made for. Yeah, and that's the way the original church was. When you go back and you look at Acts, and everybody's selling everything and sharing everything and living together and all that stuff. And you know, there might be some extreme right people going, "That sounds like communism." Yeah, but it, like, does, it doesn't sound that's, good. Yeah, but that's not. <laughs> but the early church lived for each other, and they were there for each other. And 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 sometimes I think we've just forgotten that. Like the parish has just become these four walls where we go every once in a while, once for an hour on Sunday, or maybe you know for an activity that we have but but when we leave there it's like okay I'll see these people again at this appointed time next week and we don't have a real relationship with people and we're not really accompanying people John I think I, I think it goes beyond we'll see these people next week yeah. I don't think people even think about it yeah we show up at a parish and we're kind of doing our duty. I mean, I fall into this trap sometimes yeah. too. Even I'm a deacon, I'm 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 assisting at that mass, and I show up and I make sure this is there, that's there, that's all set up. We got this, and all the tabernacle keys there, and everything's good. And Father's wearing that chasuble, so I'll wear this dalmatic, and and like, and you can go through all these motions, and you stop thinking. I don't sometimes. It takes me a while where I like we do the entrance procession, then I sit down after that first hymn, and maybe for the readings after we've done those uh, uh, initial prayers. And then I'll look out and go like, oh, there's human beings here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're here praying and we're here gathered together in community. And sometimes that's the first time it hits me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I have to admit, you can start thinking like, you know, man, he's kind of going on in that homily. And we're, we're, we're not even thinking about what are we doing here and yeah. why are we here? And I can imagine there are people probably showing up at mass who have no idea why they're there. They just go. Yeah. Right. And so they're not even they're They are far from thinking about either accompanying or being accompanied. 
Yeah. And that, that that's a that's a scary thing in a in a parish where you're supposed to be in a I mean your parish is supposed to be your family. Yeah, it's supposed that's to be why there's a home. father. That's yeah. like your your father, your spiritual father is your pastor. That's yeah. why he's called father, right? Models the love of God the Father. And so that's supposed to be your dad. And like we can be all disconnected and we become these families that don't really share with either each other. We don't really we don't accompany. Yeah. And there's so there's this whole lack of authentic relationship, authentic friendship, authentic um, uh, family mm-hmm. that we're missing out on. And I think that's why, like, some people that are following Catholics, like, you'll see they're like, well, I used to be Catholic, but I'm going to this, you know, mega church now right. because they're really good at accompaniment, right? I mean, they're in the parking lot before you, you know, when your park yeah. car pulls up and they've got your social security number, your, you know, your birthday, all those things, and they're really good at that stuff. And somehow we've lost that a little bit in our church. And I think, like, one of the things I've enjoyed in this ministry and, and it's just part of my personality too. Like I love to be around people. I love to know people. I like to know what's important to them. And, and yeah, I mean, maybe that's a gift and a charism or something mm-hmm. like that, but that's why I love that part of ministry is, is, you know, sometimes people will come up to me when we're out somewhere and they're like, can I speak to you? Is it all right? I'm like, yeah, why would it not be? And I get, we're on these cameras and all that stuff, but I couldn't imagine it not being right. Like I never want to, why get to am the I point, doing this? Right. If I'm not going to talk to you. Right. Like, I mean, literally, and I shared this, I think on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but this is probably one of the greatest moments I've had in the seven years I've done this. We were in Marietta, Georgia, and they did a phenomenal job like preparing for this thing. There's 700 and something people there. I mean, it was, it was almost overwhelming to me because I'd never, like, I've seen, you know, Christophanic videos where this stuff's going on. And right. some people have been doing this a lot longer. I don't usually have the all this stuff laid out like they did. And it was wonderful. And the people were just so excited to have it. But I'm there at the end of the of the Friday night and Saturday morning deal. And I'm cleaning up. And everybody's bringing, you know, pulling down the paper mache and the balloons and all this stuff they had everywhere. And all of a sudden, this, this 92-year-old man, 93-year-old man, and I didn't know that at the time. I just knew he was older. He's, I can hear somebody kind of moving, and I look up, and he's shuffling over. Like, literally, it's taken him five minutes to get to me. And I'm sitting there just packing up our merchandise and stuff and getting ready to go to the airport. And he says, uh, excuse me, young man. And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, can I talk to you? And I said, oh, of course. I'm just cleaning up. In no hurry. Come on. So he shuffles on over, and, and he says, hey, my name's Colin. He says, uh, I'm 93 years old. And he said, I've buried two wives. And he said, and I've buried a child and a grandchild. And he, has, he said, I've sat here for the, the last 10 years of my life, wondering why God still has me here, why he hasn't mm. taken my life. And and I, I was like, man, God always does this to me where I've got to answer some like question, why am I here? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. You know? and, and all of a sudden, he looked down, and I was getting ready to say something, right? Like, this is, I'm an evangelist. i got to tell this guy what he needs. And all of a sudden, he looks up, and he smiles. And he had like one of those Father Geo smiles, like from right. ear to ear. And he said, after listening to what the Spirit has done and seeing all these people in my parish, I know now that I'm supposed to go share with other people what you shared with me. And he said, so thank you for giving me purpose again to my life. And I literally start crying right there in the moment. And ever since then, that group sends me a picture every week. And he's like throwing axes now. He's like right up next to the board because he's 93. <laughs> but, like, but he's almost become like the mascot of, of this group. Right. And the, these young guys, I don't mean that in a negative way, but he's like got his arms around these young guys. And like now he has a purpose. And like he's not only being fed by having these relationships he didn't have before, but I, these younger men are, are looking at him and saying, What did you do at this point in your life? And what did you do at this point? And, and now this man who was on the verge of like contemplating why he was alive now has a purpose because he's in a place of accompaniment now. 
And it just was an amazing moment to look back on. And I think about it often because I think that's what's missing in a lot of our parishes. And like you said, our parishes are supposed to be families. They're supposed to be homes. But now so easily we move when Father doesn't right. have the right homily or when, you know, this incense. I don't like the music. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the pews are yeah. uncomfortable. The, this, see, this incense doesn't smell like birchwood, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and it's like we go different places. And it's it's because we, we, we haven't found a home in a place. You know, and, and, and it's because we're not, we're going there and we're almost going to consume, but we're not going there to give in a lot of ways. Or if we are, we're just setting up another function on a bulletin and you open a bulletin and it looks like the wanted ads for every individual ministry that's going on. But in those ministries, in our lives, in our relationships with our family, are we actually being present and are we actually giving people a part of our life? Because that's what people are looking for. They want to be seen, loved, and heard. People want to be known. A hundred percent. I agree. Now, I will. I'll take exception to one thing that you said yeah. because I've I've done a little research and thought about it a lot. Well, that's you, less than usual. No. So. Yeah. 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 But the but you you mentioned something like you know that that our Protestant brothers and sisters were doing this well that they were uh, they had this accompanying thing down I think is what you said. Yeah. And the reality is it's easy for us to look at that and see. And I don't want to beat up on the sure. Protestants, right? But I'm gonna tell you they have the same problem we have mm-hmm. because what they were doing and what they've been doing is they were really good at like this welcoming let me get your information and you're going to connect you to this person and we're going to get you in this little bible study of this group and sure. we're going to you're going to be in this particular club or this age group whatever and they were good at like sort of like getting all this stuff down but what ends up happening and one of the things that we're seeing now is this sort of a rapid sort of decline in some of the mega churches some mm-hmm. of the big protestant denominations the mainline Pro- protestant denominations are suffering like so many others um, uh, and even like some of the Catholic churches, people are leaving. Why? Because they don't have like true, authentic relationship, yeah. which is what you were describing with the 93-year-old man who's now hanging out with a bunch of people and throwing axes. You know, y'all be careful. <laughs> That's right. But, but the thing is, maybe for the first time in a very long time, he's felt like there were people that actually cared about him yeah. or that he could actually care about somebody. And, and you're... You're 100% right. It's not just about getting people's name and addresses and birth dates and making them feel at home. Like, if yeah. we can put your name in the bulletin and it says, like, happy birthday this month to Agnes, whatever, and it's like, that's nice, but that really doesn't make them feel like family. Sure. At some point in time, there has to be this sort of, like, flesh to flesh, this sort of, like, uh, like friendship or uh, eye-to-eye connection with somebody where they feel like uh, th- that that you, you're present to them. Yeah. Right. And if you like, see, when you don't have that, you have no idea what's going on in their life. Yep. You have right. zero. And there can be people who are like going through life living under a shadow or under a weight or under a pain or some kind of silent suffering. And they're just putting on airs and like, yeah, well, how's the weather? Everything's fine. And, you know, you have people at work that do that. You have people, even in your own family, where you don't really know what's going on until you take the time. You have to put sure. your antenna up and you have to pay attention right and you have to like you have to give time yep now you can't do this for everybody but you can make a conscious effort to like change like how you interact with people in a way that become authentic even if you can't you aren't going to be able to john have a relationship with a 93 year old man in wherever whatever city you were yeah. in right that's not going to work out but you can stop and go like let me put all my my stuff down it's yep. like dude what you got going on in your life yeah Right? Present that made an impact on him, I'm certain. But really, the message that you connected with over that weekend, he heard obviously heard the talks. Mm-hmm. But like, and then if you if you'd iced him, 
when he showed up afterwards, yeah. you might have destroyed everything that you tried to build. Sure. In right? that one second. Right. Because he, he'd go like, this guy's not really a, he's about collecting a check. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not what this is about. And so when you stop and go, I need to hear you, because that's the only way we're going to find out, like, that this 93-year-old guy wonders why he's alive. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we get so caught up in what we're doing, you know, running ministries and all that, you know, especially as men, we're, we've always been graded on what we can do and achieve and perform and yeah. key initiatives and how many people did you have here and what are your results at your job and everything is so result-driven for men. And so we can look at ministry and, and the way we go about things in the church that way. And we look at, no, I'm only successful if I have 50 people coming to this. Well, give me 10 that are really engaged and in relationship 100%. with each other over 50. Man, 100%. And I'll take that all day. It's funny. I was doing a, a ministry thing at a parish um, that was a, it was my parish. And it was an ongoing thing. That, like, we're trying to build this lunch sure. ministry, right? And we wanted people to come. And someone, several people said, like, what you need to do is you need to get one of these rock stars just to come in for a weekend, mm-hmm. right? He's going to come in and he's going to do, like, let him do one thing or whatever. And we'd have all these people show up. And you know what? We called up a rock star. Somebody knew somebody who knew somebody. Yeah. And he shows up. He's a great guy. He was a great, it was a great talk. Everything was great. Um, and was it Keith Richards or? No, <laughs> he's still around That's doing right. the same thing. He's uh, drinking somewhere. He was wrinkled, but I don't yeah. remember if he's that wrinkled. But the point is, like, he came in and did that thing. And I've always had, there's always a part of me that goes like, oh, man, I hear this all the time. Who's the greatest Catholic speaker that can come into your your event, your weekend, yeah. your annual whatever uh, men's conference? And who's going to bring in all the people and fill the seats? And like you know what the place was packed, and there were more people than we had seats in that place. It was by and large, it was far and away the the most packed it could ever be. Yeah. And the reality is, the following week, it was right back to where it was. Nothing changed. Now, yeah. It wasn't his fault. Sure. And I actually talked to him that weekend about like, man, people are saying like, this is what it needs. He goes like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna blow your mind. He said, you know when when you hear me like on the radio or whatever, yeah, it's like I got five college students sitting in front of me mm-hmm. at a mass it is not packed to the gills because i'm a rock star yeah and you love that message you think like man he's famous and he's he's gonna bring them in and people come and they think they're gonna be moved by this like one hit wonder and i'm not saying that because i'm critical of that sure. person's message i'm not it was an awesome message and it still is but even he recognizes that like i'm not the like panacea for all ills and just bringing in the rock star what it ultimately becomes about is like this organic growing of something that's based on authentic relationships yeah right if you have people that want to come to something and they feel some sense of worth some sense of trust some sense of openness and willingness to like be vulnerable and be in that moment and go like man i got a lot of stuff going on i just i just i want to feel like they know who i am they see me Yes. Yeah, like I want to be seen. Me. Yeah, that's right. It. Well, when you're one out of 500 people that show up, you don't yeah. necessarily feel seen. You yeah. feel like part of some big event. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you you know, we've watched The Chosen and, oh, and sure. shows like that. And one of the things I like about shows like that is you you see these events where it's like the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus was preparing for this big thing and all these people and you got this the hillside filled with thousands of people, more than you can count, right? Yeah. All these people show up. And the reality is it doesn't stop Jesus from like before and after those moments, like where he takes time out for like this one person, goes and heals that one person, has yeah. this connection with one person. Like he doesn't go like, look, just get as many people out in front of me as possible and I'll give this message. 
Yeah. Right? So all the DVDs in the world and the pamphlets in the world, it's not going to change your child's heart when they don't want to go to church. Dragging yeah. them into a church, it's not going to change their heart. What changes their heart is a, a loving relationship with a parent that they can trust, that they know that like they're not trying to convert me. They're not trying to just get meat in the seats at the parish. They're not just trying to fill the pews. Yeah. Like they're really actually, they love me and they know. And that's what I tell my kids like when I see them. It's like, by the way, you know I'd die for you. And they're like, yeah. Dad, stop being weird. But it's like I tell them I love them all the time, and it's an unconditional, no-strings-attached love. Why? Because when they, ha- when they hurt, and they are all going to hurt, and I've had some that hurt more than others, the reality is I want to be the one that they come to first because they trust me, and they know that I would do anything for them yeah. before anything else. And even when they stop believing in God, you know, I'm a deacon. I'm a good holy deacon of the Catholic Church. And you sure. think that all my <laughs> kids, all nine kids are like right in line with the church. Well, they're not. Sure. Right. And they're all sometimes they're all over the map. Oftentimes it's harder when you're when you're in a position like yours. Yeah. There's you that th- natural kind of pushing back of that. Well, and then sometimes they won't open up to you because they think yeah. like they would be an embarrassment. You know, I've had a couple go through that and it's like, dude, I will give all of this up for you. Yeah. And when they believe that, like mountains are moved in their lives, and then there's this bond of trust and love and vulnerability that that happens and that only comes from an authentic relationship yeah. like where you you see the other person um and it works both ways and even when you've got like you feel like you're silently suffering yeah if you can if there's a person that will like look into your eyes and then all of a sudden you start going like I'm not just a number I'm not just trying to be like yeah. a member of this group or a member of that parish or a member of whatever in this group of friends I feel like I am somebody, like uh, to borrow some 1960s civil rights stuff. I mean, I really feel suddenly like I matter. Yeah. That makes that, that's, that's more evangelization than I think that has ever been done. And it, it comes from, at its very core and heart, even if it's secular, it comes from Jesus Christ. It yeah. comes from God's love for us and his willingness to die for us, no strings attached. Whoever we are, wherever we are, in whatever situation, he will die for us, for you and for me. And if we are able to share that with somebody else, man, that's evangelization. I don't care if you even mention Jesus's name. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's mountains moved in those yeah, situations. Yeah, and I mean it's and that's what makes something stand out. Like I honestly believe, even with the men's group when we first started at Holy Rosary, people were like, "There's something different about this. Like people care about me here. People want me here. I'm being seen here. I'm developing a real relationship with Jesus and with other men." And I think that's, I mean, people can just tell when they mean something to you or they don't. You know, so many times guys will say to me, well, I ask people all the time to come to the men's group when they start them or or if they're talking to me about, hey, will you come in and help us? We're trying to get people to come, but they won't come. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm walking up to random guys I see and asking them to come to this thing. Right. Well, they don't know you. You don't know them. I mean, they're they're not going to give you the time of the day because you don't mean anything in their life. And the first thing you ever ask them to do is something that benefits you. Right, like that's the way people hear that, and so you have to earn the right in your life and in their life. And there was sometimes like when we first started the group, you know, I would Jacob was playing soccer, and you know he was one of the little kids running around there on the field in second or third grade or whatever, and I would just be talking to dads, and and a lot of them would oh there's the there's the ministry guy, you know, and they're expecting me from as soon as I come up, hello, you need to come to our men's group on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. Here's our itinerary. And I never did that. Like, I just said, hey, what are you doing? And I'd laugh at jokes and cut jokes with them. And then I'd see Jacob playing with one of their kids. And I'd say, hey, you want to take him to get pizza? The next thing you know, we're sitting there having a beer and a pizza and talking and not mentioning anything. And then maybe over the course of, you know, a month later, two months later down the road, hey, man, my life's really, you know, life isn't going good right now. I'm really struggling. 
What are you doing about that? Right? And at that point, I had I had spent enough time with somebody where they they would they would know that when I asked that question, I genuinely genuinely cared. Right. And I, I'll point this out because you probably won't say it. Yeah. But you weren't waiting for that moment no. to pounce. Mm-mm. You would have waited even longer. You would have had two pizza uh, situations, yeah. or it may be another year. Yeah. The reality is, it's it's the it's the brilliance of that Curcio model: make a friend, yeah. be a friend. Then you bring that friend to Christ. Sure. And honestly, you don't have to actually grab them and tug them and bring them. Yeah. They will walk with you because sure. you're accompanying them to Christ. Yeah. You know, and that's a that's a powerful model. And that's what really it's it's ages old, but it's like that's what needs to happen. Well, but if you look at our culture too. We're, I mean, we're drowning in in isolation, loneliness. You look at all the numbers out there. You look at uh, you know opioid abuse, and all these are things that people are using to try to feel better. Yeah. The suicide rates are higher than ever. I mean, all this stuff, the gender issues, all this stuff is related to a lot of this. I don't fit in. There's nowhere for me. I don't belong. No one loves me. No one sees me. No one cares. And what is the answer to that? Accompaniment. Like looking at people and seeing people. And you're right. You can't accompany 5,000 people at once. But what you can do and get really good at, and what I try to practice every day is, Lord, I can't be everything to everybody. But please show me the people you're putting in front of me in my life each and every day that you do want me to spend that time with. People ask me all the time, well, when we start a men's group, if there's 50 people coming, there's not true accompaniment. And I'll say, no, that's not true. Because what's going to happen is just like Jesus had his three, he had his 12, he had his 72, he has thousands. Right. Like people are naturally going to come in a place and when that when accompaniment is the overall um, you know, feeling and, and the overall point of why we're getting together, people are going to feel that they belong. And then naturally, they're going to find people that get along with each other. Like in our group at Holy Rosary, there's three or four guys that are divorced. And then a guy who's single who's never been married. And they're connected they meet to every those Tuesday other guys. night. Right. And so they that's do it what on their own. Happens. And they have yeah. dinner every Tuesday night and rotate somebody's house. So it's like people are longing for this. And it's not your job to say, okay, now you wear this name tag that's blue and you wear this blue name tag and then the blue people find each yeah. other and you're going to be friends for life. No, it's just creating a place where people feel like, you know what, no one's, there's no gimmicks here. It's not about sitting down and watching a program because you can't have a relationship with a DVD set, right? It's not about any of that stuff. It's about, okay, this is a place where people generally, genuinely want me to come. They want to know me. They want me to have a place where I can be myself and whatever self that is in the right. moment, it's accepted. And then we walk together and it's not some magic formula you pour out there. It's just about being willing to be present, to be open, and to want to care about other people, right? It, we, there was a reading a few Sundays ago. I think it was the same weekend we had the healing whole person here. But it said, oh, nothing, you owe nothing to anyone but love, right? Yeah. Like, don't you don't owe anybody anything else but to love them well. And I think that's something that we all have to practice in our life. It's something the, the world sorely needs right now is for people to generally care and to accompany people. And when you do that, you're not going to have a problem having people wanting to come to whatever you're doing in your parish. Or if you're a pastor, I don't think you're going to have a problem with people showing up for, for events and, and becoming part of a family. Because yeah. that's what they're looking for. You and I were talking about that earlier today when we're moving your studio stuff around is how people are leaving this parish or that parish. And if you break it down, it's like, well, what is our parish really doing to accompany people? Or not just ours, or but any parish out there. If you're seeing those numbers leave, if you're seeing people go away, it's probably due to the fact that, that they're looking for accompaniment and they're not finding it. 100%. I think that's what it is. And I think a lot of people don't recognize a lot of uh, 
parishes, a lot of large groups don't recognize that. And that, like you mentioned, the fear of people like like not wanting to join a men's group. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sometimes uh, uh, a lot of men's groups and parishes really are relegated to spaghetti suppers and we're the guys that put do this or work on that charity thing or whatever. And it's really about guys getting together and kind of drinking a few beers or whatever in the, in the parish hall. And there's not really accompaniment there. Sure. And then when you try to start something new, like a lot of people fear because they, and a lot, because I think a lot of times you get some of these men's groups that are supposed to start that, I think the people starting it are thinking like some some kind of commune where you yeah. come together and everybody's going to like everybody and everything's going to happen. It's not going to be that way. Yeah. And you you mentioned it, I think rightly that there are people that have um, with their subgroups within those groups, and you're just putting people together in an authentic way where you respect everyone else. But we're not you're not going to be best friends with everybody, but there sure. are going to be best friends that are created out of that environment. Yeah. That, that you're actually creating a a a, a very safe. Uh, holy, blessed place where people, guys, can come together and kind of start sharing stuff. Yeah. And then other ones, once once there's vulnerability, once there's sharing, like, and people feel like I, I can trust these guys, then there's going to be some natural kind of uh, things that happen where a couple of guys will get together and like, man, I didn't know you were going through that. Yeah. And then there's like this. All of a sudden, there's this. There's this break in what would have been like just passing by, going hidey ho. You know, how's the weather? A nice truck. You know, yeah. whatever, you know, where you really don't connect with people. And so you need to have a, like an environment, a place where you can come together and you can do that. And and you're right. It's all based in like all we owe to each other is love. Yeah. If you stop and think about it, again, God revealed himself as a trinity, as a family of persons that were in such extreme love that it spirated eternally. Like Father loved the Son, Son loved the Father with such intensity eternally that it eternally spirates the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In other words, all of creation, everything that happens in the world is out of love. And if you want to save the world, if you want to like change the world, if you want to change your parish, if you want to change your own life and the lives of others in a positive way, you just need to love. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it all starts there. It doesn't mean like giving more money and making sure you're supporting sure, this yeah, and yeah. right bringing like uh like uh you know use sweaters to the whatever for the homeless and those are all good things to do sure but none of those things really involve having an authentic relationship where someone feels like they can share their deepest concerns fears whatever with you yeah right and that's it's a scary thing for like maybe you to receive that but it's an amazing thing when you do, and all of a sudden, it doesn't become this burden. It actually, you watch the burden in the other person sort of like evaporate. Yeah. And like yeah. You, just, you can physically see their, their, their it's stature. It's like they breathe they for the talk. first yes. time in years. Like yeah. They're unchained, and they're like, I don't know what happened, but I just feel like, wow, I just wanted to share that with somebody. And then it spurs the generosity for them to go on because they're grateful for the love that they felt and received. So now they want to yeah. go out and give that love. And that and should teach that you that like, when they do that and realize that freedom, how many things do I have chained to my heart? Yep. How many things do I have bottled up? How many things do I have like that I'm keeping in here that I don't really want to share with others? Sure. Right? And and it might teach us that like we need to we need to have some authentic relationships whether it's husband and wife whether it's uh, guys good friends whatever where we need to be able to feel like we can share like i need to tell you something yeah. i don't know what my next step is going to be and i'm really scared what that might entail 
like if you don't if you don't have anybody to share that with, that means that's that is baggage that you are carrying that's just gonna get heavier yep. and heavier. And I feel like Jacob Marley, you know, with Yo, this yeah, chain yeah. of things <laughs> that you're dragging through life. It's like, man, guys, we need we need to have that authentic way to like it's like I just want to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? And people always go like, Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, I gotta go. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I just I'm as long not as ready. it's under thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's right? Short form. Yeah. Right. And so it's like it's something that that requires a, a commitment, and that's why we keep saying we stick the word authentic in front of everything. Yeah. Because there's so many things that are inauthentic. Yep. Amen. <laughs> right. So many things that we do are not real. Yeah. Um, I just spent a lot of time. I just had a marriage prep weekend with 12 little couples all excited about their life and what's getting ready to happen. And we had this whole section on, on authentic communication. I actually thought to myself as I was saying these things, how, um, you know, I'm talking about vulnerability and trust and honesty and openness uh, and listening and all these things that are part of authentic communication. Um, and I thought, like, isn't it silly that I have to say the word authentic? Yeah. But the reality is so much, uh, uh, and I tell them right at the front, it's like, you know what? In every single divorce that I've ever heard of, in every marital problem that I've ever experienced in my entire life, in every person, couple that I've counseled in my entire uh, life as a, as a deacon, when there's a problem and it's a big problem, it always involves communication. Somebody's yep. not talking. Someone yeah. doesn't communicate their problem. They don't feel like they can say it without being judged, whatever it is. They don't mm -hmm. trust each other, all of that. And that's like, man, and when it doesn't happen in a marriage, it's not happening with the kids. It's not happening with your friends. So it's like, there's a lot of things as guys that we got to, we got to bear the brunt of, but man, that's why God gave us these beautiful, wonderful wives to be there with yeah. us. <laughs> and we need to nurture that one flesh relationship. That's the most important relationship that we'll have, uh, you know, in body and spirit in our lives is our wife. Sure. Right? That's the most important one. And you might think like, what about Jesus? It's like, you don't have that kind of body experience with Jesus. Yeah. Yes, you have that. It's all based on the love of Jesus for us and us for him. Right? But at the, at the same thing, like in terms of like what we as human beings do and how we interact, that intimacy into me you see right yeah, there you go. that intimacy is is so important and that's how we minister to others if we got that to help us and it's like it's amazing how when one thing starts to go right there it kind of spills out into your life. So thank you, yeah. wives. Thank yeah, you. you thank you. <laughs> and speaking of accompaniment, i got to accompany Jacob to football oh, practice here a little that. bit. Yes, you got things so, to do. But, yeah, no, Jeff, I thank you as always. And, folks, I mean, literally what we're talking about here is just caring about other people, you know, and, and it's so – obvious to people these days when people do and when they don't you know you're looking at your phone and talking to somebody you're not really going to put off a vibe that you care about them or what they have to say we really have to look at ourselves when we look at the problem in the church why people aren't joining our church why why we aren't having success in evangelization it really takes looking in a mirror and looking back at ourselves and saying am i willing to put in the time with this person and that goes as deacon jeff said first and foremost with your wife with your kids the people that god's put in your life that are the most important the people in your family you know being authentic with them and, and accompanying them in the things that they need in their life. And then also it goes out to the next level, which is those around us. Jesus says, love God and love neighbor, right? The first part of that love neighbor is your family, the people that God gave you to live with and to love. But beyond that is everybody else around you. And if you want to make an impact in the world, then you got to be willing to be present. You got to be willing to see people and you got to be willing to accompany them. So folks, 
If you need help with that, especially with your men in your parish, we can help you do that. You can, again, go to justagouinthepew.com, go to our website, click any of those Start a Men's Ministry button, and we can help you learn how to accompany the people in your parish, especially the men. But, hey, even some of these last ones, women's groups have come out of that. I would never would have thought that happened. But, awesome. But apparently they can use the same structure. So if you need help like that, just go to our website and fill out the form. We'll be glad to help you. Deacon Jeff, thanks for coming. Folks, again, if you want to hear more from him, you can go to uh, just look up and Google the Catholic Cafe. You can go to catholiccafe.com, search any podcast platform, or check EWTN to hear Deacon Jeff and Sam and Tom on their show. Yep. Thank you for that. Yep. You're very welcome. All right. So let's take it to prayer, and why don't we say the Our Father? Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.